0: of God is saying to us today. Amen. I feel just to share again and just remind us as the Coke is being handed out. And this is all part of my message today, so feel free to grab one. Don't just drink it at the moment, but hold on to it. And this is all part of my message Some of you are getting one style of Coke and some of you are getting another. And I wonder if we know the difference between the Coke you're about to receive. You see, when you look at it on the outside, it's quite obvious what the difference is. One has a black room, the other one doesn't. One says no sugar, the other one is full of sugar. This morning, I want to talk to us about the another Jesus, the other gospel, or a different gospel, or a different spirit. I wonder whether we know the difference if we were to just taste it. If you couldn't see the cans, and I just poured and had two glasses here and poured the non sugar and the one with sugar into a glass, would you be able to taste the difference and go, Oh, that's the one with the sugar? That's the one with the no sugar, because the no sugar tastes like the one with sugar, doesn't it? Well, there you go. Someone can discern the difference. When I tasted it, I was like, oh, maybe you drink a lot of Coke. That would be a good thing if you drink in him. So when the other Jesus comes along, you can discern the difference between him and the other Jesus. And I wonder whether we can do it the same with this. So we might do an exercise later. We've got quite a few cans so you can maybe grab, depending on the one you've got, grab the other one. And then see if you can actually taste the difference because they both are sweet. So let's look at 2 Corinthians 11. 2 Corinthians 11, 1 to 6. 2 Corinthians 11:1 to 6. And we sort of mentioned it in prayer and we've mentioned it even as we've been worshiping but we've looked at becoming a letter of Christ, haven't we? And that God has already written for us a letter. It's called his living word, his living scriptures. And within those scriptures, he declares who we are. Are we tracking? Don't get distracted by the cans of Coke. Stay with me. You'll get one. You won't miss out. So it declares who we are already. From his perspective, it declares who we are. Here's our challenge, is that we are to become who he says we are. So there's no point actually going, well, I am this if I'm unable to live who he says I am out. That would be a waste, wouldn't it? To say I'm righteous, but to not live righteously would be a waste. It's like saying, well, you have $10 billion in the bank, Greg, but I never actually use it. It would be a waste of money. So he says, this is who you are, and he sends us a love letter to declare who we are so then our role is to believe who he says we are yes then we become through belief which means then we live out who we actually are in him which means for us to become who he says we are we have to confront real issues fair enough We have to confront the things that stop us becoming who we actually are. Things like unbelief. Things like mindsets that are not his but ours. Things like fear. Things like pride. All these things stop us from actually living out who he's called us to be and live out. Are you tracking so far, is that clear? Because if we are partaking of the other Jesus, a different gospel, or a different spirit, we will never become and never be able to live out who he says we are. So we need to know the real Christ, don't we? And over the last, I don't know, forever, we've been preaching the real Christ. Specifically over six or eight weeks, I've been talking about the true eternal word that builds Christ in us, the hope of glory. So this morning, I want to talk about the another Jesus, the different gospel. And we're going to look at about five things, which are probably going to challenge every one of us, because it's going to rattle mindsets of maybe what we believe and maybe what we've pre-thought and maybe what we've allowed ourselves to be taught. But just like the difference in the cans of Coke, When you actually taste of the real, you can tell the difference between the one that's got stuff added. It's in the tasting of the real that you know. It's in the tasting of Christ that you can't be led astray from empty philosophy and other traditions that are painted up as Christ. That's what Colossians teaches us. It's in the revelation of the Christ within you that you now have a reference for the counterfeit, the lie, and the truth. And so no one can hoodwink you when you have the real and the real is growing. Why? Because you can taste the lie. It may sound like Christ. Another Jesus sounds like Christ, doesn't it? doesn't say Buddha, another Jesus religion, it says another Jesus. Greg, what's another Jesus? It's another version of Christ painted up as Christ. It's when we believe a version of him that's not him, but it's our version of him that we now believe and try to live out. And then we teach others. That's what another Jesus is. You see, it says in Galatians, it's not a different gospel. It's a distorted one. So the People in Galatians were trying to go back under the law. It was a distortion. Once upon a time, the law was right and it was in place, but not now. It's a different day. So they'd received and they were trying to teach people to go back under the thing that Jesus came to break. So it's a distorted version of something. You know what? It can sound so right, though. It can sound right. Do these two things sound the same? don't be harsh critics come on that sounded the same far out you guys oh the frequency was two off the actual one and the fizz and the pop didn't quite go the same they sounded the same one can talk about kingdom and another can talk about kingdom another can talk about you have three people talking about kingdom and they may all be wrong they may all be right there may be one right two wrong two right one wrong How do you know? How do you know what you're hearing is actually Him? See, if you can't hear, you're in trouble. If I can't hear, I'm in trouble. If I'm hearing the wrong thing, I'm in trouble. They sounded exactly the same to me. But I'm no expert in Coke. Yeah, man. Only in Cambodia. Kills everything. It's great. But see, people talk about this, and we talk about this, and some of the things you're going to hear, you're going to hear stuff, and you go, well, that's right, isn't it? And it may be right, but it may be round the wrong way. You see, the challenges with this other Jesus is this truth wrapped in it. But there's an order to things in Christ. And so it's not about just hearing it, it's hearing it and going, is that? And then, oh, actually, that is true, but actually there's a lie in there. You see, when the devil came to Jesus and tried to say, throw yourself off, because it says in Psalms that the angel will catch you, is that true? Is it the truth? In that moment, is it truth? No. But it's true, isn't it? Can you hear what I just said? How many of you are confused? See, this is what it means to hear in the Spirit. So what I just said, it's true, but it's not the truth, is absolutely a kingdom mystery. Can you hear without me having to explain it so you can go, yes, or what is that guy talking about? You see, when I talk and others talk and you hear different people speaking, podcasts, how do you know what you're hearing is not another Jesus painted up as Jesus? You'll know by tasting the real Jesus. And you know who else plays on this game? Satan. But see, he knows if we come to discover the real, he's got absolutely no gain. So he tries to hoodwink you as well by using things that are true, but he takes the truth out of context because the truth is a person. So here's the other side. You can know what's true, but not know truth. You can know all about love, but not know the person of love, which means you can't live love out, but you can tell everyone about love. They are very, very different realities. Now, the other one, the first one's not wrong, but it is from a tree that's root system is dead. It's from the knowledge of the tree of good and evil. See, it's good to know about love, but ultimately the knowledge from that tree, its root system is what? Dead, because it caused what? What? death. So the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, where you can get good information from, which is good, actually its root system is dead. And if you partake from it rather than from the tree of life, whose root system is Christ, guess what? You get led away the wrong way. And you know what's amazing? Is the Father will let you. I haven't figured that one out. I wouldn't, but he does all from love too. He will let you hoodwink yourself because you're not doing something, spending time with him. He's there waiting, but he will let you, like I let my kids go sometimes and experience stuff and he lets the rope go out and he hopes the rope won't go too far out before the lesson is learned and the rope comes back in. People are laughing. They must know what I'm talking about. (gasps) Yep, me too. Yes, I do. (laughs) So, thank you, Jesus. Amen. Man, we're doomed if he's not in the game, eh, guys? Right, so Paul knew something because in 2 Corinthians 11, he defends his apostleship. He's defending it. Do you know not everyone in the church knew he was an apostle and thought he was a false apostle? And some people in the church in Corinthians received him as an apostle and received from him as an apostle. That's interesting, isn't it? That half of the Corinthians didn't think he was an apostle, let's say, and half did, and half received and half didn't. In fact, half of the Corinthians thought he was a deceiver. That's fascinating to me, that half the church thought he was a deceiver. Mmm, good Lord. <laughs> good Lord, help us. Verse 1, I wish that you would bear with me in a little foolishness. You're going to think I'm crazy by what I'm about to say. You but are, indeed huh? you are bearing with me. <laughs> Thanks, brother. Me and you, bro. For I am jealous. Wearing a shirt like this, I must be a bit crazy. For I am jealous for you with a godly jealousy. I betrothed you to one husband so that to Christ I might present you as a pure virgin, one who is betrothed to join, to fit to oneself. But I am afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by her craft, his craft in story, your minds will be led astray from the simplicity and purity of devotion to Christ. Interesting, it doesn't say the heart, it says the mind, the place where... Everything operates from. Even though it's actually Jesus' understanding starts in the heart, Paul's warning us about our mind. You see, if the mind is the first place of understanding, you'll get entangled. Because the mind can block or receive stuff. It can shut stuff down. That's why Jesus' understanding starts in the heart. So we must hear the word of God and receive it. So we don't hear to understand first, we hear to receive. We hear to receive in our spirit first. We do not hear to understand in our carnal mind. That is a kingdom of darkness operating system, which needs to be smashed and obliterated out of your life if you're operating from it, because you won't hear anything and you won't understand anything. And you'll always be left wondering, Why isn't this life being produced in me? Because the operating system is faulty. And you can't receive unless you're receiving from the operating system of heaven. So there's a warning going out. He's saying, guys, I am afraid like Eve was deceived in the garden. That's a pretty big statement right there. He's comparing the fall of mankind to being led astray in your minds from an intimate, all-knowing relationship with a person where you're going to love other things more than the person. I'm afraid you're being led off path. Why? Because you've heard another Jesus. This is what he's about to say. You've heard another Jesus, a different, a slightly distorted gospel. It sounds like the gospel, but it's not. But there's elements of truth in it or a different spirit. Maybe it's the flesh trying to understand the things in the spirit, and you're operating from a spirit of pride, not humility. And so although it sounds the same and it looks the same, you actually have a hold to a form of godliness, but you've actually denied the power And you've come and you're always wanting to learn and come into more knowledge, but you never come into the knowledge of truth. Why is that? Because you're actually hearing and receiving another gospel. You see, the power is Christ. The knowledge of God is Christ. So the reason why we can bear this other Jesus and this different spirit and this different gospel, as it says in verse 4, which has not been preached, is because you accept it beautifully. You don't have the discernment to hear the difference between the sugar-free Coke, sorry, the other way around, the non-sugar, and the sugar. They all taste the same. Or maybe you're getting the non-sugar thinking it's the sugar. And you just think it's the same, isn't it? Isn't it? But what's the evidence? (laughs) You get fat, someone just said. (laughs) Well, that would be a form of fruit, wouldn't it? (laughs) Mr. Blobby, hey. Fruit is the evidence of what Word, knowledge, Christ, you are partaking of. Not works, fruit. Fruit of the Spirit. For true worshipers worship in Spirit and truth. Not flesh and truth. Not truth and Spirit. But Spirit first, truth second. Who is Spirit? God. God, God, God. God was spirit. Jesus was spirit. Holy Spirit is spirit. We have been baptized in the spirit. To hear and receive from the spirit. And the truth is second. But it's the spirit of truth. It's one position ultimately. But did you just hear what I said? Was it the true gospel? Was it the true position? Or was it a counterfeit of what I just said? This is what we have to wrestle with With him firstly and then together. You know, God showed me a picture this week of, and I think it's because Maddie's going to college. But, and I dropped her off at college, and, you know, I could sense she was a little bit nervous, and and it was cool, and she met with some friends, and they went up. And it's a big thing for her next year. You know, she's, she's like leaving primary, where she's sort of, well, she's one of the tallest kids anyway, but, you know, it's like her end of year, and she's going to a brand new school. So it's a bit daunting and everyone's a bit bigger and everything I have to do is a bit bigger. And God showed me this university and said, Greg, this is what my kingdom is like. And then he showed me us and we were all at daycare. (laughs) All attending university together. He said, if you don't abide in me and one another and rely on one another for the Christ in one another and go to the library together and study and share ideas, you're never going to get a degree at university because it's over your head. My kingdom is over your head. I've given you to one another to actually do this together. And so actually, as preschoolers, we could actually after four years get a degree on something we shouldn't be able to do. But because we shared Christ, we shared the giftings, we spoke and we prayed, and we did everything he tells us to do, we got our degree. Our degree in the kingdom called sonship, reigningship, the marriage covenant and we receive all there was for us. But it will only be done when your business is my business, my business is your business, and the individual, individualistic spirit in all of us gets crushed. But you know what? The another Jesus will not crush that man. The other man will not receive the truth. He will run to maintain his life. And he will leave when the truth, the true Christ, is spoken. If there is not a work that is done of brokenness, because the spirit and the flesh are anti each other. But the spirit is able to love on the flesh, but the flesh can never love on the spirit. The flesh tries to kill the spirit. For I consider myself not in the least inferior to the most eminent apostles. But even if I am unskilled in speech, yet I am not so in knowledge. In fact, in every way we have made this evident to you in all things. Here's my main point. If we look for life outside of the Christ, we will find a other life, a counterfeit life. If we look for anything outside of him, it's a counterfeit. It promises much and delivers zero. And all it does is cause more devastation and division in us and through us in every relationship we're in. Why were the Jews asking for signs? And why were the Greeks searching for wisdom when the one of power and the one of wisdom stood right before them? What operating system is working there? Why do we look for life outside of the one of power and the one of wisdom when we say we know him? You don't know. That's right. We don't know them. We don't know him enough, so we look for other things. We look for life in other things. We look for it in other people. We look for it in sport. We look for it in our work. We look for it in money. And the one of life stands before us, the true gospel, the true coke. He says, drink me, eat me, you'll have life. We go, I already know you. There must be more because I'm not in that much life. So there must be more life, not in you, but around you. And we receive this other gospel beautifully when it's spoken. Why? Because it's flesh speaking to flesh. And flesh will always be tuned to flesh. So when flesh hears flesh, it goes, I found the truth. He goes, no, you just bought into a lie. Spirit loves the spirit. Doesn't matter how hard it is. It loves it. Why? Because it knows it's life. Man, you want to get into the hard scriptures. The hard scriptures are where the life is, man. The ability to live in the hard stuff gives you the ability to live above the hard stuff. I love the fact that He loves me. Man, I love that. That is my cornerstone. But He's looking for me to love Him. He's looking for me to live a type of life that honors and glorifies Him. And it's a life that's not of the flesh, but of the Spirit. But if I receive the other Jesus, the another Jesus, the different gospel, I'll never, ever be able to live it because I'm partaking of the wrong food. And like you just heard, I'm just going to get fat. I'll get fat on the wrong thing, calling it Christ, but there's no movement and no ability to live like Christ. Ooh. Here's the problem. When we go looking for life outside of Christ, the person, we run the risk of accepting or creating another Jesus, a different gospel, and a different spirit. The problem is, many of us don't even realize we do it. So here we go. I'm going to give you five things. We accept or create another Jesus, a different gospel or spirit, when, number one, we make the Great Commission, should come up behind me, when we make the Great Commission, which is function, our priority over the Great Commandment relationship. We create another Jesus, another gospel, a different spirit. When we make the Great Commission... Number one priority, ahead of the great commandment, and we teach it, you've just created, in my opinion, another Jesus. He goes to great lengths to tell us what the number one commandment is, does he not? Why is it that he writes stuff down for us, and then we take it and create our own gospel? If you're honest, put your hand up if you believe the number one thing in God is to reach lost people right now. If you're being 100% honest. In the past. Wow, okay, we must be a bit further on what I thought. <laughs> being serious. So then, in reality, if the great commandment is to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength, and if your answer was honest, are we? Ooh, now it's quiet. It's easy, guys, to say things. It's another thing to live it. We know all the answers, and we answer really well. And then he says, you're not far. You've answered intelligently, but you're not far from the reality. It's so easy to give the right answer. It's a complete other reality to live. And there's no way, zero way, Unless we're receiving the eternal word of God, we're going to be able to live like a Christian. We will do the opposite. We will confess Christ and live like the devil. Yeah. We'll gossip, we'll whinge, we'll moan, we'll speak about, we'll cause division, we'll do everything the Bible says we're not to do, we'll do. We'll be lovers of ourselves. Is that not what it says? In the times to come, which started 2,000 years ago, not now, 2,000 years ago, you will know them because they'll be lovers of themselves. They will be self-ambitious. That's where the scripture comes, where it says they will have a form of godliness and deny its power. It's in that. And he's not talking to the lost. He's talking to the church because it's about godliness. So what he's saying is there's going to come a time which is now, and I believe our lives are the true signs of the times, and there must become a separation of those that truly are and those that say they are but aren't truly are. But we're all supposed to be are. We're all supposed to be living this type of life where the Bible says you don't put yourself first. Your life has been hidden, man. You're no longer living for you. We overcame that when we got baptized, didn't we? That you're no longer living for you. You don't even think of yourself. Your life is hidden in Christ. I consider my life no longer. Why? So I can finish the race that was set before me before I was even born. My life is aligning too. So when we hear this, that the Great Commission is the number one and the Great Commission is the second, it's another gospel. And the Bible says, if you want to come into eternal life, keep the commandments. Why do you think it's number one? There is so much in the commandment that we have yet tapped into. The Great Commission is just an outcome of love. It's an outcome. You don't have to go after it if you're in commandment, because the love that's being formed within you, the losing down of your life, propels you into this world. Let me give you an example of this. About 10 weeks ago we had a training in the cafe and it was an evangelistic training and I loved the heart of what was being shared. Organic evangelism, I love it. All about the natural flowing of being and it was cool. But then the person teaching said this, is that, Every church's number one priority has to be reaching lost people. The number one thing has to be, everyone's got to be have a heart for the lost because that's number one. And everything else flows out of that, but number one, the foundation, number one needs to be lost people. Is that what the scriptures say? So here's a man who has a gift. I believe he was an evangelist. (laughs) Who shares something in a room of 35 leaders and the majority of the room are like, yes, amen, come on. Do you know who used to be one of them? I would have been jumping up and down, preaching it, giving it large, but I wasn't because I could hear something that was partly true, but not the whole truth. Does God love lost people? Yes, we all were lost, so he must do, because he's loved us and we're all here today. But is God's first place priority for us to reach lost people? What is it? So what happens when, in my experience, and hanging around a lot of leaders, they actually think that is the number one place? Most of the places I go, it's all about going and reaching people. And this is leadership. It's all about reaching loss, loss. It's all about outward, 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 being at their bed. And it is, isn't it? But, and that's a big but, there is an order. And the Bible and God completely clearly tells us what it is. He can't make it any more simple, but Paul was aware of something and said, oh my goodness, like Eve was deceived from the fall, you guys, thank you, are being deceived from the simplicity and the purity of a relationship with Christ where you're giving him your entire being and you're so in love with him that you no longer are and your life is so hidden in Christ, that the substance of Christ now in you, which is the hope of glory, empowers you to live as Christ. So we've got a little bit of a way to go. But the good news is, it's all possible. The bad news is, if we don't all commit to the process, it'll never be our reality as a whole. Each and every one of us that is part of this family have to say yes and amen and allow yourself to live on the altar the whole time. You do not leave the altar. You give your whole life and stay on it while he goes to work. Isn't that what he says? Hear what I'm saying. You are going to do many things for him and you will live your lives, but you are in two places at once. Mark twelve twenty eight to 33, I'm going to read it because I've sort of said it, is the passage about the great commandment. Go have a read of it and look at the words, Mark twelve twenty eight to 33. Because the scribe asked Jesus this incredible question. What is the greatest? Number two, when we make as our priority the operation of the gifts or works of the Spirit over the maturing of the fruit of the Spirit, we create another Jesus, another gospel, a different spirit. When we make as our priority the operation of the gifts or works of the spirit over the maturing of the fruit of the spirit, we create another Jesus, another gospel, a different spirit. Did I say we don't operate in gifts? Did I say we're not to do works? Good, so don't hear that. Because that's not what I said. So often people hear what you're not saying and then say you said this, and I didn't say that at all. And I didn't say it then. What I said was, when we make those things a priority over, we now create another gospel. Do you know what that looks like lived out? Lord, Lord, we did A, B, C in your name with the gifts that are irrevocable. And he says, I don't know who you are. Let's go have a look at that, eh? Matthew 7:15, it starts. Matthew 7:15. Do you know why we go after the gifts and works first? Because that's the stuff we can do. That's the stuff we know. That's fleshly in the sense of, well, we can do these in our own strength. And the challenge is he even gives us gifts and we can take the gifts and do them in our own strength and find ourselves entangled in it all. Why does he let that happen? Because he's looking and going, I wonder if you're going to do it my way. I wonder if you're going to get to know me to the measure that you'll discover how I flow in all things. Because I've given it all right at the beginning, at the start, when we're all immature, you see you can't grow your own fruit, but you can certainly operate in gifts because they're given. And we are to be in all, but not at the expense of the order. So he says this in Matthew 7:15, "A tree and its fruit, beware of the false prophets who come to you in sheep 's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. Is't that interesting? They come with an outer shell that looks like the real thing. Want a can of Coke, Chris? (sighs) See, if I do that, you can't see it, can you? You can't tell the difference. If I do that and you close your eyes and I say, drink this, oh, it's good. See, they come with an outer, it's the inner that you have to discern. So these people come and their outer shell looks like the real thing, but their inner, inner they are ravenous wolves. Their inner what is inner ravenous wolves look like? Well, it's certainly not poor in spirit, it's rich in spirit, it's full of pride. It's called like this: I'm building the church, and I am gonna get all these people to build the church with me. Rather than God is building the church. And I'm going to let myself be built with all the people. One sets it up for themselves and treats people like assets, resources, and commodities to achieve a task. Why? Because that person doesn't know the great commandment, which is to treat people with love because we're family. Why would you ever treat a person like a commodity and an asset and a resource when they're your brother or sister in Christ? Can you hear the difference? Sorry, you're an asset. You've done your use by date. We take you off the asset register list. We actually remove you. Now your value is nothing. Now I go get a new one. Do you know this happens in the body of Christ? especially in this area here. Well, I need the most anointed worship leader, so I'm going to pay them, or I'm going to have conversations. This has even happened to us, where people have come in and tried to nick people from here. It goes on. You'd be horrified what goes on in this thing called God's church. And it's all because We have no concept of the great commandment, and we all think we do, and we all think we've nailed it, and we all think we love God, but then our lives don't reflect it. Does that look like love when someone comes and has a conversation behind your back with someone else and tries to manipulate them into taking a job? Is that love? Are we going to call that love, and is that okay? Mate, don't get me started. Is that okay? I don't think it isn't God. I think it breaks his heart. I think he hurts some of the stuff he sees going on in his name. He goes on, he says, You will know them by their fruits. Grapes are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor figs from thistles, are they? So every good tree bears good fruit. But the bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot produce bad fruit, nor can a bad tree produce good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So then you will know them by their fruits. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father. So here's the thing. Where's the kingdom of God? Where is it? In us. And what is the kingdom of God in us? Does the Bible say it is? Yell it out so I can hear it. Righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Spirit. So how can someone be ravenous on the inside if they have the righteousness, joy, and peace of the Holy Spirit in them? It's not possible, is it? Because your inner world got changed. What would an inner world look like now of the Holy Spirit? So what, what 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 does God give us? What are some of the other truths He give us to describe the same thing? So He says, "The Holy Spirit within you, righteousness, joy, peace in the Spirit." Then yep, cool. Now, what are some of the other scriptures that He says what that is, but in different words? What would be the Great Sermon on the Mount? Right, there be attitudes, the attitudes of being. That would come forth from you, that there would be this fruit coming forth from you, which is the fruit of the Spirit. So you take the Beatitudes, the fruit of the Spirit, what the kingdom is, do you really think they're all different? What is all that? Who is that? Him. Right, now what Coke do you want again? Sprite. sprite. You want a Sprite? (laughs) I'm sure we can work on that for you. Sprite, spirit, maybe that's what I should have gone with, the S's rather than the C's. <laughs> not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, thank you for that humor, Warren, because it was getting quite heavy. <laughs> weighty, not heavy, weighty. Will the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Okay, here are all the people operating in gifts. Did we not prophesy in Your name, and in your name cast out demons, and in your name perform many miracles, and then I will declare to them, I never knew you, depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. There's so much in here that I don't have time to go into, but so often we've confused fruit with works. So we go, look at that, the works, the fruit of God is to do the works of God. Well, it can't be because what are people who are doing works hearing away from me? If fruit and works are the same thing, why are these people who have done good works, like healing sick, raising the dead and prophesied, hearing away from me? Fruit is not works. Fruit is the fruit of the internal spirit of a person. So those come sharing another gospel are like cool on the outside, but on the inside, they're building their own empire. They speak the same language. It sounds the same, but can you discern the operating system of the heart? You see, this says kingdom, this says discipleship, this says commandment, this says commission. And if you hang around long enough and you have the ears to hear because you're partaking of the original Christ, you will know. You will hear it. Now here's the key. None of it, I believe, is intentional. I'm talking about the body of Christ. I'm not talking about outside. I'm talking about in the church. It's not intentional. We genuinely believe we're doing the right thing. I genuinely believed before 10 years ago that reaching lost people was God's number one issue. Why? Because I got impacted with love. I was filled with love. And I was so passionate that everyone needed to know a love that had healed me, empowered me, and set me ablaze. And God's love was covering me. God's love continues to cover me. It's covering you while we all stay in what we think is, but it's not not, not that, not necessarily. There's a way that seems right to us, doesn't it? Well, how did you get that way? If you can't teach yourself, how did you get your knowledge? We don't even ask these questions. You get them through listening to other people, man. But flesh and blood cannot reveal the truth to you. They can speak truth, but they can't reveal truth. It's the Holy Spirit. So you have zero knowledge that will actually change you unless it's been revealed in you. Zero. You can have a whole lot of knowledge about you can partake from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and get a whole lot of knowledge about. Is it true? Yes. Is it the truth that sets you free? You tell me. You tell me if the truth you're hearing is setting you free and ablaze because you're able to hear it. And there's a multitude of different things that can be happening there. The truth can be spoken, but we're not hearing it, so it's not setting us free. The truth isn't being spoken, and we can't hear it, so nothing's happening. The truth isn't being spoken, but I actually can hear the truth. Which one? There are all these things that can happen, but there's only one gospel. There's only one Jesus. There's only one spirit. There's only one God. And the Bible says, hear. The greatest commandment is actually to hear, O Israel. Before it actually says to love, it's hear. Hear, 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 hear. If you can't hear. Exactly. It's when God speaks and starts us to teach through revelation. And we see it here in the scripture that people are buying into stuff in the name of God, doing signs and wonders. Why did Jews ask for signs? couldn't hear. Signs are what? Supernatural stuff. Power. If you do this, we'll believe. Well, he was doing miracles and they didn't believe. Do you believe? God's doing miracles every second of the day, but do we believe? Or are we like the Israelites who we can be in the wilderness? And although there are miracles after miracles after miracles happening all around us, we don't hear the word when it's spoken. We don't have the ability to hear the true gospel, but you know what we have? The ability to hear the counterfeit. We hear the other gospel which feeds my flesh. It tells me this and it tells me that, and oh, it makes me feel so good, but it doesn't produce real any life. It feeds my feelings, and then they run out the next day. I'm not receiving the substance which lasts for eternity while I'm living the eternal life. Why? Because when it was spoken, my flesh may have rejected it. It may have denied it. It may have deflected it. Justified it away. I might be hiding underneath the seat from it. Go away. Go away. Go away, go away, go away. Oh my goodness, this guy's on. Every Sunday he speaks. La, 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 There's a new Sam Smith song at the moment called La, 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 la. Have you heard it? La, 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 la. I don't want to hear it. You need to hear it. We need to. I need to hear it. I need to be constantly receiving manna from above, the true coke, the true gospel, not the one with bits added to it, not the bits shaved on, not the thing with less, but the true gospel Christ. Otherwise, I'm going to create my own version of it. And in his name, because he's given me power and anointing and a gifting that is irrevocable unto repentance. I can operate and be ravenous on the inside so I'm building my own empire. Don't get in my way, otherwise we're not going to like one another and I'll bowl you over. I'll spit you out and I'll throw you out on the heap and I'll go get another. Anybody receive that in the body of Christ? It's called love, isn't it? You know what that, is? that is us still sitting on our throne telling Him how it's all going to happen. You never he actually allows it because he loves us. He's so patient and he's so kind. He is good. He goes, Greg, do you want to know another way? Where not only will you have life within you, son, that I promised in my word, but you'll actually lead others into it too. They thought it was funny. (laughs) I reckon that's enough. There's heaps more, but I'm hoping you've caught the gist. Two cans this morning, two trees, two houses. God gives us pictures. We need the real one, not the another, not the one that sounds like it. And I pray that you'll discern the difference. One builds the church where the gates of Hades do not overpower her. The other one fills her with fluff. It's like a pavlova. It's the difference between a pav and a cheesecake. The, no, because they sort of look the same. They're both rounded. The pavlova looks good, doesn't it? It's rich, it's sweet, it looks amazing, but you bite into it and there's no substance. It's like, mm, oh, oh, my tooth. But a cheesecake, it looks sweet, it looks inviting, and you bite into it and there's substance. But from the outer, they look so the same. Now, you know, one's a of one's a cheesecake, but wow. Which ones do your eyes go to? Ooh, does it go to the one that looks pretty, but it's got full of air, but it sounds great and it looks good. Or do you go to the one that might be a little bit more plainer? But actually it's got some substance to it. And when you bite into it you're like, hmm I wanna leave you with that image.